all you movie junkies and cinephiles, it's time for the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. And welcome, one and all, to episode 268 of the SLS Cast. This week's episode brought to you by Markitech Media. Check out Markitech on Twitch, Saturday through Thursday, 9 to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time at twitch.tv slash Markitect. And this is the college preview, basketball preview uh, episode of the SLS Cast. Because it turns out that back in 1959... Sports Illustrated released a college basketball preview. And this particular issue was very important because it was their 268th issue of Sports Illustrated. And with that wonderful little bit of Sports Illustrated knowledge, I, of course, am mad. And coming to us all the way from sunny California would be our resident Sony employee, Tim. Tim. Yes, Tim, Tim, Tim. Tim, Timmy, Tim, Tim, Taruni. Boy, am I tired of going to award showies. I guess. So what about your award show experience? So uh, this past weekend, I went to the CAS Awards, the Cinema Audio Society. And the weekend before, I went to the Motion Picture Sound Editors Awards, because as I mentioned last week, I am a part of the sound department. I had to give that little disclaimer before talking about... Uh, the sound mixing and the sound editing True. films that were nominated. So I was invited and asked because of what I do in the sound department to attend both of these award shows. It's it's interesting. It's very it's very uh, it's it's definitely more technical because they're both sound related and geared towards the sound community. So it's definitely more uh, laid back and very networky than what you would say your uh, Academy Awards and your Golden Globes and even BAFTAs are. Because, granted, there are stars that go to these. It's just not like your big awards, celebrity-filled, star-studded gala that you're used to seeing televised. It's still a definitely, you know, a two-and-a-half-hour and three-hour-long show, so, you know. Well, right on. And we're doing everything out of order. Uh, we're doing our movies first, then we're going to do our bonus segment, obviously because we want to make sure to have covered the movies before we start talking about what we think of their, you know, final products as nominees, nominations or nominees for the Academy Awards. So without further ado, here we go, folks. It's the movies. <laughs> And this week's movies are Ferdinand, The Breadwinner, A Fantastic Woman, and Loveless. What would you like to do first, sir? Do you want to do the animated ones? Well, we might need to do animated because I'm very curious to hear about why you absolutely detested uh, Ferdinand. Oh, yes. Okay, folks, let's talk about Ferdinand. People think they got you all figured out. Based on how you look. But it's not that simple. Especially when it comes to me. I'm a little more... complex. Sorry I almost killed you! Ow! Who's my good boy? 
I had the perfect life. Until one day, all yours, little guy. Everything changed. There's been a mistake! Tina! Ferdinand! Now I know when you look at me, you think big. You're ginormous! I can't wait to show you to the rest of the guys. They're gonna fertilize the yard. You think scary. Who are you? I'm Una. I'm Dos. And I'm Cuatro. What happened to Trace? We do not speak of Trace. You think someone who can fight. I am here to select a bull. I'll take that one. Sucks to be you. I am not a fighting bull. Can you guys help me out? This is the beautiful horsey side. And that is the stinky bull side. Have a nice day smelling terrible. Hi, Hoofklaus. Hi, Hoofkletter. Nina needs me. I'm getting out of this place. And I'm not leaving anyone behind. Best plan ever. Just do exactly what we do. Maybe don't do exactly as we do. I've been waiting for this my whole flea-bitten life! Straight shot through there. Have you seen these hips? Get, get your hoof out of me! They're coming. We gotta do something, guys. Look at the cute squirrels. What? Ah! All right, so... 2017 American 3D computer animated comedy drama adventure film, blah, 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 produced by Blue Sky, yada, yada. 20th Century, Fox Animation, what have you. Uh, it's directed by Carlos uh, Saldana, stars John Cena, Kate McKinnon, Anthony Anderson, Bobby Cannavale, <laughs> Peyton Manning, of all people, Gina Rodriguez, Miguel, and uh, good lord, I'm so sorry. Miguel Angel Silvestri and David Tennant. All right, so what we have here is a story of a peaceful and happy pet bull by the name of Ferdinand, who, uh, due to a beasting, finds himself a beasting and resulting shenanigans, uh, being on a ranch where he is looked at to be a bull for bullfighting. And he, of course, is a peaceful bull. He does not wish to fight. And so he is also trying to help his friends, and they, you know, also have to deal with the realities of what happens to bulls uh, who go to bullfight, as well as bulls and other cows who, well... Most of us like steak and hamburger. So, shenanigans ensue, and here's your movie. Now, problems with this movie. My problems with the movie are as follows. We have, um, I am really, uh, and wholeheartedly kind of sick of the idea that, um, you get a movie backed by a North American studio uh, with primarily American talent, primarily American production and screenplay with a little bit of, you know, your multicultural thrown in. But basically the idea being that you are telling this movie is designed to have kids be raised to think that what another culture does, whether we agree with it or not, we should disparage it. And that's kind of what this movie does. And it, and, and they don't, in my opinion, 
even have the balls to use a primarily Hispanic cast or Latino cast or Spanish cast. I don't care. The movie takes place in Spain. It's about it's about span it's about a Spanish tradition. It's about a culture that is uniquely Spanish and Mexican, I mean uniquely uh Latin, yet it's vilified on the whole. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't personally agree with bullfighting. But I have a feeling that in today's culture, most most people outside of the United States also don't really like uh I don't know, the thirteenth amendment, the second amendment. They, I mean there's tons of things that that people don't like about our culture, but they're uniquely ours. And there are certain traditions that should change. There are certain traditions that evolve slowly but surely. And then there are things that we no longer claim at all. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's on us to tell everybody else what to do. And that seems to be the overriding concern with this film. And and that's why I don't like it. I don't like the movie. Uh, I, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with the animation. Uh, quite frankly, despite the fact that it's John Cena, he, he I, I can't say that he doesn't do a good job in the voiceover department. The story is is cute, but I just don't think the point and the mission behind the story are necessarily things that are worthy of getting kids involved in. That's just me. And I don't like the message of the movie. And I don't like the way that the movie was put together. Um, beyond that, I'm sure kids like it. And some adults, too. I didn't. Two out of five. Listen, it's Lupe, right? There's been a huge misunderstanding. I, I really need your help here. You want my help? Yeah, that would be amazing. I've been waiting for this moment my whole flea-bitten, tin-chewing life, mister. My true destiny is to be a coach. Uh, okay, uh... Woo! Look at those pecs. Uh, whoa, It's wait. like two little baby bulls inside of a bull. Uh... Moving on down the flank. Flank looks good. A-plus on the flank. Mama like that. Mama like that. With your raw talent and my coaching expertise, we're going from Ola to Ole in a day! No, that is not gonna happen. Oh, stop it with the modesty. You're the bull who destroyed a whole village, right? Wrong! It was an accident! Woo! He's a brick! Oh, bird! How stupid! I can't wait to show you off to the rest of the guys! They're gonna fertilize the yard! No, no, no! So this is a two and a half out of five movie for me. Um, because I, I, I never read the book Ferdinand when it first came out. Well, I shouldn't say when it first came out because the book originally came out like in 1938, <laughs> but when, the, it, but it, it's, it is written by an American author and it came out in the United States. So I guess the movie being made by an American company, an American studio, um, didn't bother me all too much. Uh, I did like John Cena quite a bit as the bull, but I think if they brought in <laughs> the other characters to maybe being Spanish, um, that definitely would have added uh, a, a more welcoming element to the film, a more authentic element to the film. Um, I This movie completely lost me when Kate McKinnon came into the picture as that stupid goat, as that support goat. 
Um, she is playing a very Kate McKinney type character, like she did in Ghostbusters and like in in SNL. I think she's a very good comedic actress, but we've seen this character before. It adds nothing new to the film, and um, the the dumbness of the comedy really goes against the overall sweetness of the story. And I I think it's a very incredibly incredibly sweet book. Um, and I just think the movie should have just stuck to its guns. Um, I do agree with you, Matt, uh, for the most part, but I think it being made by an American company, um, uh, and it being mostly geared towards Americans isn't, uh, didn't really bother me too much, although it really needed to be rooted or at least acknowledge the culture that it's representing. And so that's why I give it two and a half out of five. I, that works for me. So then I guess we're... <laughs> well, no, I mean, look, I get that the book... Uh, I, I really and truly get that the book is uh, is an American book. But it was also from 1936. So... Yeah. Did you know that the book outsold Gone with the Wind? Well, it was cheaper and shorter and <laughs> aimed at a different audience so i suppose i could see why that would work true but at the time you know gone with the wind was a super popular book all right well then let's move over to the breadwinner which will be the final academy award nominee in the animation department uh and it uh yeah i'll just hear when i was young Padawana, i knew what peace felt like Stories remain in our hearts even when all else is gone. Parana, were you listening at all? Yes, Papa. Why is this girl not at home? She should cover herself properly. Maybe you should stop looking at her. I can have you killed! I think business will pick up. If there are women Papa? present, cover yourself now! Where is he being taken? To prison. Papa! We'll be all right. My family is in a desperate situation. Sorry, child. Girl, stop when I tell you. You're Parwana. When you're a boy, you can go anywhere you like. I'm going to find Boba. No, you're not. I'm going. There's nothing you can do to stop me. Maybe if we think of it like a story, huh? Is it a happy story or a sad story? Just wait and see. All right, so as you heard, it's a 2017 animated drama film. It's uh, from Cartoon Saloon, directed by Nora Twami and executive produced by Mimi Polk-Gitlin, as well as Angelina Jolie. And uh, this is also based on the best-selling novel by Deborah Ellis. And uh, this actually was a co-produced film between Canada, Ireland, and Luxembourg. So, I mean, they definitely went all out for it. Um. The starring cast, though, um, unfortunately, is not really anyone that you will have uh, heard of. But basically, there is this young girl. Her name is Parvana. She lives in a Taliban-controlled area of uh, Afghanistan. She is um, she she loses her father. Uh, he's basically arrested right in the middle of the house, much like you know think. Think along the lines of Count of Monte Cristo. And she's left to help her family survive. 
bear in mind that this is a heavily, heavily devout Muslim area um, in this Taliban-controlled part of Afghanistan, which means that she is literally not allowed to go outside without a proper male escort. And so her solution to that is to disguise herself as a boy. And as I always say, shenanigans ensue. Um, this movie definitely has a very specific, um, art style to it. Um, there was what? What was the one from last year? Wasn't there like the an Irish production from last year, Tim? Uh, yeah. Well, the same company did it's the same company, right? So, Secret the something of the, in the sea. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they also did the Secret of the Kells. Secret of the Kells from like two thousand nine. Yeah. But the one that you're thinking of, it's it's something in the sea. I, I forget what it was called. At any rate, so so that definitely shines through. Much like you can tell when you're watching a Studio Ghibli film, uh, you can definitely see the production influence there, um, or the studio influence on the production in the animation style. And that's there's nothing. Um, that's not to say that it holds anything back in the film, but it does definitely put you in a particular mindset as you watch it. Now, the movie relies heavily on uh, storytelling as well, and I cannot think of the name of, of the story that... Um, it's like the, the, the prince of the... Oh, gosh. What was the name of that stupid... Do you remember the name of the story she tells... Or that's being told in chunks around her? Uh, you might want you to look that one up. The Prince and the Pea, the Prince and the Popper, the Prince and the Sun, the Prince and the Jacket, the Prince and the Coat, the Prince and the <laughs> Belly Button. I don't know. The Elephant King. Wow. Yeah, I knew I was... Okay. The Elephant King is something that definitely is taking place in this... It is a kind of a story told that allows... Um, allows our protagonist to explore the power of of story uh because the power of story doesn't just necessarily allow one to practice a little escapism but it also has the power to inspire and the power to start movements and the power to change lives and so that's kind of like this underlying thing but the uh kind of like the underlying i guess moral of the story if you will and yet the film almost feels broken up by that very storytelling element because it it in its zeal to stick to the power of the story it starts forsaking other elements of the movie uh for example her dad's just been taken away from her. And so this becomes something that is like kind of like the impetus of the movie, if you will. She's got to go out and care for her family, but also she's got to go get her dad back, right? And it seems like they drop chunks of this story in for her to kind of do other things. And yet then it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. What about your dad? Aren't you supposed to be dealing with your dad? And... They, it's almost like they kind of forget to come back to it and they're like, oh yeah. And then they, and then they drop something in the movie more as a plot device than something that properly works within the narrative. And so 
it tends to drop its B plots um, for one reason or another for the sake of this kind of chunky storytelling of the Elephant King, the story within this, the the story. Now it's still a very pretty movie, and I think it's still uh, as in terms of the voice acting, I was definitely. Um, I, I was, I was definitely, I guess you could say, invested in the characters. But the problem is, is that while I was invested in the characters, I, I wasn't as invested in the story as I could have been. And I think for the reasons that are stated, that was why. Um, but it's still very pretty. And I like the animation style. I actually kind of like this application of it the best that I've seen. Uh, and I give this one a 3.5. So 3.5 out of 5. What do you got there, Tim? Yeah, I really couldn't agree with you anymore because I didn't give a shit about the story, but the characters are pretty solid. Um, And yeah, the the story is just very kind of all over the place. You have something that's very pretty, something childlike, something fantastical, dare I even say almost like Disney, and then all of a sudden it becomes raw and real-life depressing I I just don't know if it if it works as well as it as maybe it should. Did you think that the look of it worked with the hard hitting drama or whatever? I I think that the look. That's what again. I I would say that this is the one. The this is the this is an example of when I truly do believe that the um, animation style really worked. I I um, have never been like thoroughly odd with the animation style I, I i don't think i've ever like out and out disliked it but i really thought that they went above and beyond this time however like we have said it, it came at the expense of the story and you know so it's something pretty to look at but uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> right and I just don't think the movie worked as well as it should. Again, like Matt, great characters, not even great characters, but interesting characters worth investing your time into it. But the plot really was all over the place. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm landing on a 3.25 out of five with uh, the breadwinner. Very good, very good. All right, well then that brings us to a fantastic woman or loveless, sir. What are we? What are we doing? All right, I'm gonna go on a limb. Um, I, I'm sticking with my guns on my favorite one, so I'm gonna say loveless. Um, well, it was not my favorite one. Loveless but, wasn't your favorite one. Uh, no, loveless was my favorite one. Oh, really? Yes. Ooh. But I can't. I I I have to tell you now. We're we're talking about a quarter point difference here. Okay. So loveless, loveless was my favorite. This one now. Okay. Th- these ne- these last two are the uh, foreign films, so we don't really have a way to properly give you a trailer. Um, but we I do encourage you to please go check these out. Love uh, loveless is the as a 2017 Russian tragedy film, and it is directed by. Andre Zvigninstvev. So I apologize if I have completely butchered that name. Uh, that was not my intention, but there you go. Um, so what we have here is a 12-year-old boy named Alexei who is going through his... Uh, he's basically 
living his life as his parents are getting divorced. And his parents are, this is not an amicable divorce in any way, shape, or form. But the problem is, is that Alexei is old enough to be more or less left to his own devices. And you watch this disintegration of a marriage happen around this poor child. One day, Alex, Alexi goes, goes missing, uh, on his way home from school. And mom and dad are so involved in their own lives that they don't notice it right away. And then, of course, they do notice it. And they are now embarking on a quest as much together as apart, uh, to find their lost son. That is all I want to say about this movie in terms of describing it to you because you really, truly must, must see this movie. Um, this, this movie, I felt completely embodies what it means to a child to watch their parents hate each other. And yet at the same time, to kind of understand that hate from an adult perspective, not to agree with it, not to condone it, but to understand it. And it, this, and, and the crux of that is the key to the movie. And I have not, in the right way, in my opinion, properly hated some people for a long time. And you will hate these people by the end of this movie. Um, the, the parents. Um, and yet, you'll hate them in a good way because you should hate them, right? They're not painting these people to be someone that you will sympathize with per se, so much as you understand and relate to, which then kind of makes you go, damn, I would have said some of those things, you know? Oh man, I, I could totally have seen myself doing some of these things. And then you're like, but what? Oh shit. But what would that do to my family? What would that do to my kids? And yet sometimes you still don't see beyond yourself. So that's why I'm saying you totally hate these people, but you should. And that, and it makes the movie that much more compelling. The only issue that I have, and it was enough of an issue to dock it a quarter star, was that it was a little bit too overbearing in some parts, combined with a little bit too much artsy cinematography. Like they were trying to be artsy with the cinematography at certain, um, certain points. And instead of it just letting it do its job, it felt forced and like it was put there to make you think or feel. Um, and, and because it was obvious to me that that was happening, it was not as enjoyable as it should have been. So I give this movie a 4.75 out of 5. Holy crap. You got to watch this movie. Um, yeah. So, Tim, take it away. So, I didn't like this movie as 
uh, as much as I did in the beginning of the film, as I did, uh, as I did at the, by the time the film was over, people criticize this movie. After I saw it, I was very interested in reading some of the reviews and a lot of people criticized it because there are no likable characters. Yes. If you go to Rotten Tomatoes, one of the first uh, couple critics, that was their main comment was that there were no likable characters, but that was kind of the point because you are not supposed to like any of these characters, but you are to completely feel devastated for the 12 year old boy. And my God, you do because there's a shot where the parents are going through this shitty fight. I mean, awful, awful, awful. And the, 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 the mother is, is bitching and complaining. And then she goes into the bathroom, you know, opens up the door, goes to the bathroom. It's all like one continuous shot. She uses the bathroom. Uh, she uses the toilet. She gets up from the toilet pulls up her pants and the camera follows her as she walks out the door. But before the camera uh, goes, you know, through the opening of the door, it stops and she shuts the door revealing the son who was hiding behind the door and just crying, 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 absolutely heartbroken. Just cannot absolutely cannot at all believe what is going on? What is being said about him? Like his parents don't even want him. His parents don't even love him. And it's just absolutely devastating. And I didn't care for this movie or didn't really buy into it uh, for a good chunk of it. Because a lot of these characters were over the top. And it seemed like they played it too obvious to show the, to, you know, to, to make these uh, characters, to make the family members seem like uh, they're totally being, they're totally isolating uh, not only each other, but their son, you know, like the, the father just wants more. He wants, you know, he wants something new. He likes young girls, you know, he, he just likes the feeling of being with somebody else uh, where the mother wants, you know, that sexual excitement. She wants, she wants that the more, more the fun side of the relationship. And, um, and, and, and how they go about characterizing that. It was just too obvious. The mother is always on her phone. I get it. I get it. I get it. But fuck, it would have been so much better. Maybe even more so believable if it was more subtle. So you had the very, the very obvious characterizations for the, for the better part of the beginning of the film. And, or the uh, first half of the film, and then you had all these long artistic uh, shots. They're they're beautifully shot. They're just so damn long and go on forever. And there's a lot of shots that were that were just completely unneeded. Um, whether it was some of the uh, the nude the nude scenes, nude shots, the sex shots, uh, showing somebody leave a building. Go, you know, get into an elevator, take the elevator down to a parking garage, walk across the parking garage, open up, uh, unlock a car door or unlock a car, get in a car, start the car and drive away. I, I mean, there, it's not like there's there's no narration. There's nothing, you know, uh, th there's nothing else to the scene other than showing you how mundane Russia is at this point of time. You know, it was just a lot of shit that was unfucking needed. And as this was going on, and as the movie started to develop, and as I and uh, 
partial spoiler alert, but if you decide to watch this movie, it will become apparent that nothing is really going to come out of this film and you tr realize truly how devastating it, this film really is, or how how devastating the story really is, um, I, I began to to think that maybe all of that was intentional to make you feel the loneliness and the abandonedness that the child felt. I don't know if that was the case or not, or if the film was just overly artsy, but I kind of got the sense of it at you know uh, by film the film's end. Um, it's just unfortunately I, I I walked away from this movie thinking that it was just overly artistic um, when it really didn't need to be and, and overly obvious in its characterizations when it did not need to be. It could be a cultural thing. I I am not sure. Um, however, I just saw this movie uh, last night. I have not had a chance to go and like uh, uh, watch. I know there's a lot of reviews with the director uh, in English, uh, even uh, that apparently of what I've read, they're worth checking out. And so I implore all of you do check out those interviews if you're interested. Um, but I, I appreciate this film, and I was never bored with it. So I'm going to give it a three point seven five out of five. All right. Well, then that leaves us with. A fantastic woman, or in Spanish, una mujer fantástica, which uh, is a 2017 Chilean drama film directed by Sebastián uh, Lalio, and it stars Daniela Vega and Francisco Reyes. Now, this movie is really, 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 really good, um, and just for the record, it gets a 4.5, so it it's not like it's, uh, you know... It was very close in terms of which one was going to be better for me. But basically, this is about um, a woman, uh, Marina and Orlando, who are in love. They live life together. They're happy. Um, Orlando is much, much older than Marina. But that doesn't matter uh, and hasn't mattered. They love each other. And basically, one night, um, Orlando gets very very sick and um marina naturally tries to get him to the emergency room and he um he just didn't get there in time you know and so he passes away now the problem becomes that marina is now looked at with suspicion like what did you do why would you try to kill him you know and and what and what she's like whoa whoa hang on hang on um, and then it starts to come to light that she is a transgender woman. And a lot of the things that are going on in terms of her treatment, especially post Orlando's death, are a direct result of simply her being transgender. And then the movie, of course, progresses on where she has to choose to play into this. Um, or to fight against it, or to survive, or basically to prove uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt that she is a woman. Um, 
the movie is very, very, very well done and very well put together. And it tells a great story that's truly complex. The only problem is, is that kind of it, my problem with this movie is along the same lines as that of Lady Bird, um, where it's just so many things keep happening to this woman. And I mean, it's almost like a tragedy in it. Well, not, not, not like Loveless tragedy, but I mean, just God, these just terrible, terrible things keep happening to this poor woman. And, and, and it's born out of, you know, hate and bigotry, right? Which is clearly not cool. But at the same time, it just, a lot of it came across as just too overbearing. And it starts to lose its efficacy as a result. And that is why I give it a 4.5. It's not because, um, and and the thing is, is where I felt like too much stuff was happening and there were too many B-plots in Lady Bird, which ultimately got a 4. This one gets a 4.5 because despite these failings, despite, oh my God, so many things keep happening, it's just so fantastically well put together and well acted that you forgive it for these faults a lot more. And that is why I give this one a 4.5 out of 5. It is truly a great movie. You got to check this one out too. I'm telling you guys, uh, this was a redeeming, this was redeeming me for the, um, for, for the, um, what am I thinking of here? For the foreign films. So, yay. What do you got there, Tim? Well, for any of you guys who follow us on Twitter, um, after I saw this movie last week, I talked about it and tweeted about it a handful of times uh, throughout throughout last week. And um, it, it is truly a fantastic film. Not only is it, I mean, God, just Daniela Vega's performance is astounding. I mean, you have a film called A Fantastic Woman. Little did I think that I would consider her to be a fantastic woman. Like, she truly is absolutely pure. And I think that's what I absolutely loved about this movie, because she has no hate. What I mean, and, and, and um, as the movie progresses and as all this shit happens to her, she's still fantastic. And she doesn't do anything... Um, uh, she only, uh, she, she, uh, like hatred doesn't necessarily grow, uh, within her. It's frustration is what overcomes her, not hatred. And even when she starts to, um, hang on, I'm trying to lose myself here. I'm just a little worked up about this film because I enjoyed it so much. Um, it's, yeah, she, uh, she's never overcome by the hatred only, uh, only, w- only by the frustration and I just think this is a beautiful film, and I really don't want to say anything else about it because I really want people to go and see it or rent it when they're able to rent it because it is an absolutely fantastic film, one of the best films that I have seen pertaining to uh, 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 um, within the uh, within the uh, pertaining to uh, people who are transgender. Uh, 
And it's one of my it's one of the better films because of how it is handled. They are considered to be human beings and real people. And this film and uh and uh and and it, and it goes above and beyond to show you how great these people are and if and other and if others are willing to accept them and to open their eyes and see them then they that it will become obvious and apparent to them how wonderful they uh, 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 and, and and it will be obviously apparent to them if they actually open up their eyes and see them for who they are um However, the only reason why I give this film a 4.75 and not a 5 is that when she does start to become, um, uh, I guess when she, when she starts building up with hate and she lets herself go and there's this wonderful little, I mean, I guess it's a drug-infused uh, dream sequence, um, around that part of the film... Um, it kind of loses its way, though I still think it was handled beautifully. I just, I, I mean, it, it, it's how it, it's it's. Uh, I, I guess the character progression is what loses me. Um, it doesn't do anything towards the integrity of the character or the integrity of the film. It was just how it was necessarily um, structurally handled. Um, but I guess I could even be looked at as being nitpicky. It's a fantastic film, a fantastic woman. There you go. 4.75 out of five for me. Outstanding. All right. Well, then that brings us to next week's movies. Well, we'll probably surprise you, but they may contain things like Paddington 2 and Black Panther, Hostiles, things like that. So, uh, be on the lookout for the movies for next week. But before we get back to our conclusion for the Oscar predictions, how about a word from our sponsor? Tim. Tim! God! What the hell is that racket? What are you doing? Just trying to find a Twitch stream worth watching. That's what's up. Wow. That's an impressive amount of noise considering it's 2018 and you're using the internet. Come on, man. Look, are you going to help me out or not? Fine. What are you interested in? That's part of the problem. I'm not exactly into one specific genre. Ah, so then you need something like Rocket League or Hearthstone one day, CSGO or PUBG the next, maybe new games like Dragon Ball Fighter Z on other nights, right? Exactly! That would work. Well, how do you feel about community involvement? Am I being sentenced or something? <laughs> Not exactly. Do you like to live chat and play games with the streamer or vote on which games get streamed? Oh, that! Yeah, sure! But it, it's not a requirement, though, is it? Of course not. Well, where does one find this haven on Twitch? Easy! Just go to twitch.tv slash Markitect or reach out directly via Twitter at Markitect Twitch. How do you spell Markitect? M-A-R-K-I-T-E-C-T Nice! Now, we all know this. I'm a slow typist here. Can you give it to me again? Sure. Twitch.tv slash Markitect and at Markitect Twitch for Twitter. That's Twitch.tv slash Markitect and at Markitect Twitch for Twitter. 
I'm on it. Thanks. All right. Awesome spot from Architect. So, shall we go ahead and jump back into the Oscar prediction, sir? We shall. Where do you want to go, man? We've got uh, film editing, best documentary, foreign language, animated, the actor and actress for leading and supporting roles, directing, best picture. Let's see. Why don't we go for film editing? Why don't we do film editing? Film editing. So, for film editing... Um, well, there's, uh, you, well, you've got your handy dandy little list there, sir. Sure. We have film editing, Baby Driver, Jonathan Amos, Paul Maclis, Dunkirk, Lee Smith, Itania, uh, which is done by Tatiana S. Regal, The Shape of Water, Sidney Walensky, and then finally, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, John Gregory. This one's kind of a hard one for me between Baby Driver and Dunkirk. Honestly, um, I, I I mean, it was nice to see all these technical um, th- these technical nominations going to three billboards. But um, while it's a fantastic movie on the whole, I, I think this one is one where the sum is uh, the, the, the whole is more than the sum of its parts, I guess. And um, I, Tanya is definitely decent and interesting. Shape of Water also clearly something with some very good editing components, but Dunkirk and Baby Driver for me are the are the two that are up there. I um and I wouldn't be sad if either one of them won. So I guess let's say um, I want and expect Dunkirk to win, but that's just me. I. What really made Baby Driver, I thought, was the editing, and it had a cool style to it. The editing style was really was was nice, and it was a it was very appealing uh, that uh, to a lot of people, to most people, that it was edited to the music and edited to the gunshots and the bullets hitting the ground and all that jazz. However, Dunkirk. Its storytelling relied a lot on sound and its visuals. Um, and so, and also its intensity, you know, how, you know, be, uh, the, how, because the tenseness of, you know, the situation and the storytelling and all that jazz. So, um, I, I think Dunkirk's gonna win it, but I would like to see Baby Driver get it. Um, I feel strongly about Baby Driver being a super, super top contender for editing, but I do think uh, Dunkirk will will get it. See, now this is where Baby Driver starts falling apart for me. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying in terms of how it was shot and it was designed to be edited that way, but it honestly felt like it was, um, it was just trying too hard to elicit that. Um, which is why I think it... Which is why I think it succeeded in the sound because the driving force of what you're seeing in the cinematography and the film editing is, of course, the sound because everything is meant to be done to a beat and everything's visually supposed to, you know, run in time with it. And I think the sound itself was cool and hip, but I don't know. I just it was like when I was when I was bagging on it, even during the opening credits and um I don't know. So I, I don't mean to, you know, try and belittle your choice or anything, but I, I don't know. 
just for me i see where you're coming from but i think dunkirk is the better it's just the better one i guess i don't know we'll find out though <laughs> that, we will definitely find out but i do think dunkirk will obviously win well all right then yeah so um i guess we're gonna just move on up to documentary feature documentary feature which yeah. is being nominated uh abacus small enough to gel faces places which i have a feeling that will probably be your favorite uh icarus last men in aleppo and strong island okay so i'm a little bit torn because while my favorite movies were Abacus, Small Enough Jail, and Faces Places. And Faces Places was my highest rated one. I got a feeling that The Last Man in Aleppo might get the... It's like got the politics behind it. And rightfully so. It's not... To, I, I don't say that to diminish it. But I think that sometimes a movie that is maybe important for other reasons um, supersedes something that is better made. And I think Faces Places is the one that's better made. So... I would like to see Faces Places win. Got my fingers crossed, and I hope that it does. But I think that Last Men in Aleppo will get it. This is difficult, because a lot of people like Icarus. And I could see Icarus getting it. I could see Strong Island getting it because of the subject matter. I could see Faces Places getting it because of of, of its good-natured incredibly good-natured uh documentary it's a fun watch incredibly likable uh characters and people um that it's about or that it follows but uh, like i mentioned before when we reviewed it it does feel overly structured uh less like a documentary and more so like a scripted feature i guess kind of like uh the trip type of movie um but what i would like to see is Last Men in Aleppo win because that is the documentary that really stuck with me but I think Abacus small enough to jail might actually take it no actually no I take that back I want and I think Last Men in Aleppo will uh, win best a- uh, best actor best foreign language uh, best god dang it best documentary pick there we go <laughs> <laughs> um, because I mean Fair not enough. only because of the subject matter but because it's I mean it's it's a devastating it's a true to life film it's an important film and sometimes not necessarily that it's more important for uh, the important film to, to get recognition but it's a well made documentary. It does what a documentary should do, and it and it and it's not like drilling you with facts. It's showing you it's showing you life, and that's why I'm sticking with Last Man in Aleppo. All right, so I guess are we going to move into foreign language film then? Foreign language films, indeed. All right, you got it, sir. Are you going to do their? Uh, well, let's see. So, Fantastic Woman from Chile. The the insult from Lebanon, loveless from Russia, on body and soul from Hungary, and the square from Sweden. Um, now we did note that we did not get to see the insult, so um, we we do have to bear in mind that um, 
we you know our our picks can only at best be 80% correct uh in 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 the event that we are correct on these but i am going to say that i i would love to see loveless win i believe a fantastic woman will win the frustrating thing is that the square is a favorite amongst critics well it sh- should not fucking be a favorite period oh i no i i agree with you um i i've read that the square is people's favorite and um the insult <laughs> believe it or not of course are are people's favorites um but i what's crazy is that i personally think it's between loveless and a fantastic woman um i i i honestly i honestly 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 fucking honestly don't understand why or i i can't believe people would consider or the majority of people would consider the square to be the better movie over uh over a fantastic woman so i'm gonna just stick to my guns again and say a fantastic woman across the board that's just fine no look and and don't get me wrong i absolutely agree with you i mean as much as i love loved loveless um i would absolutely not at all be sorry if a fantastic woman pulls it out and i and honestly i think that there are uh i think there's a degree of politics behind making a statement um for uh for the l you know lbgt movement that will be a big driving force for a fantastic woman. And I don't think that it's the politics that make it so. This isn't going to be one of those things where, oh, they just got it because. No, 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 no. I think this is one of those things where everything has come together at just the right moment, where the right project is getting the right publicity and is getting the, 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 the right accolades at the right time. Sure. Yeah. And so that's why I will, as much as I think Loveless is technically a slightly better film (laughs) than a fantastic woman. um, I would not be sorry at all. If fantastic woman got it. And, and I do expect, I still maintain, I expect the fantastic woman will pick it up. I will be really pissed if the square wins. Um, I, I will, remain 100% neutral <laughs> until I can officially see the insult and say <laughs> what that will be. But, um, uh, if, in the event that that gets picked, but I don't know, I, I'm, I've got a really good feeling about a fantastic woman. So. Yeah. There are two things that are going to piss me off. Uh, like, le- like legitimately piss me off is if, okay. if the post wins best picture, <laughs> Oh God! And, oh man! And if if the square wins best foreign language film, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll take Loveless. I because I have an issue with artsy, you know, art, you know, stuff like that. Uh, sure, but yeah, it's when it comes to good movies, though, there there are movies that that stand out for the sake of standing out. Like I think the square, like they're they're the people that love modern art, and they're the people that there are the people that that just appreciate modern art. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. crazy modern art. And and that's how I feel about the square. I'll, I mean, I'll take Loveless, but Fantastic Woman 
please. <laughs> Fair enough, brother. Do we want to go to animated film or do we want to go in order of scrolling and do directing next? Uh no, let's do uh let's do animated film. All right. So animated feature film. We've got Boss Baby, <laughs> The Breadwinner, <laughs> Coco, Ferdinand and Loving Vincent. You know, Boss I was Baby really hands down, con- right? Oh yeah. Why are we even ha- why were there even four other nominations? Um no, uh I got to be honest with you. I I I was really really pulling for Loving Vincent. Uh, failing that, I was pulling for the breadwinner because I don't just want to be a token eternal fanboy of all things Disney or Pixar. And so I was really trying to be critical and really trying to think about what I had seen and, and how it affected me and everything. Um, and I am sorry, guys. Coco, I just, I like, I, I, I just, I'm sorry. I really feel like it was the better movie. Please don't be too mad at me this time. Um, <laughs> don't be too mad at me. <laughs> don't be too mad at me. Um, no matter where you are, don't be too mad at me. Um, yeah, so I'm going to say I want and expect Coco to win. I agree. Nothing else to add. That's never happened before. Guys, you have to understand that's never happened before. <laughs> All, right. All right. We want to do actor or actress in a supporting role. If we're just scrolling up. Yeah, no, let's, let's do, the, let's do uh, actor first. And the, the okay, actresses will be okay. on top. How about that? Actor in a supporting role. We have Willem Dafoe, The Florida Project. Woody Harrelson, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Richard Jenkins, The Shape of Water. Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World. And Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, okay, so, Tim, I know you and I talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago. And not too much has changed for me on this. There's too much wild card possibility here for me to say what I truly expect. Because between Christopher Plummer and Richard Jenkins, they could wild card this thing out. And there's too much influx on that. I think I, as much as I appreciate Woody Harrelson being nominated, uh, and initially I was thinking that Richard Jenkins and Christopher Plummer should be dropped from the list and leave the three. I, I know, Tim, you felt a little bit differently. I kind of agree with you now on that. And and so for me, in my heart of hearts, it's really between Willem Dafoe and Sam Rockwell. And I would like to see Willem Dafoe win. I really and truly think he um, he he just simply did the best job of all of them. And... The only person I can legitimately see taking it away from him is is really Richard Jenkins. But I'm gonna I'm gonna gamble. I'm gonna gamble on Willem Dafoe. So I want and I will expect Willem Dafoe to get the Academy Award. Really? So I'm I'm full on Sam Rockwell. Um, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Jesus Christ. Willem Dafoe <laughs> is a super close second. Ah man, yeah. Willem. I mean. Two great performances. I thought Woody Harrelson was also great. Uh, I mean, he he's my third, but like 
I just thought Woody Harrelson's performance was just, it was a good role. It was a good performance. There just wasn't nothing like amazing. Christopher Plummer, I thought was really good, but you know, it was a good performance. That Richard Jenkins was good. I just thought it was a good performance. Um, but Sam Rockwell definitely stood out. And uh, he was definitely one of the most genuine strong suits of Three Billboards. True. And when we initially had talked about it, I was really in the Sam Rockwell camp. But just really kind of thinking about it and everything. And I, and I won't be mad. If Sam Rockwell takes it from, out from Willem Dafoe, I won't be mad. Um, I will be pretty irritated if any of the other three get it. <laughs> I mean, as glad as, I, as, as glad as I'll be for some vindic- vindication, uh, in the world of Christopher Plummer gets it, or, or even I like Richard Jenkins. I think he's a fantastic actor. Um, and I think it'd be nice if Willie Harrelson got one just because I think it would be nice, I guess. But, um, yeah. So, so I won't be mad, dude, if Sam Rockwell pulls it out, but I just expect that, uh, that's what's up. So anyway. Okay. So you say Sam Rockwell. I say Willem Dafoe. We'll find out. Um, all right. So then actress in a supporting role. We have Mary J. Blige, uh, from Mudbound, Allison Janey for I, Tanya, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. I think the only person who could sneak it out would be Allison Janey. I, I think though that it's gonna come down to Laurie Metcalf, and I would like for that to happen. So, I could see Alice and Janie getting it. I, I could see Alice and Janie getting it. But I'm just going to go with my gut here and say, Laurie Metcalf, I want and expect to get it. I think it's definitely between Alice and Janie and Laurie Met, uh, Metcalf. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. I I both want and expect Alice and Janie to get it. She's been a critic and award favorite so far. But I genuinely loved her her character. Definitely one of the best evil mom characters uh believe it or not that is a category (laughs) evil mom character uh in these biopics damn Uh, leslie manville was fantastic also if you want to if the two best nuanced performances goes to laurie metcalf in leslie manville i'm a big fan of octavia spencer but we've seen her play this character before she didn't play it much different than some of her other characters which works for the movie and i like her but, and I thought Mary J. Blige did a great job in Mudbound. I mean, I guess if I was going to say three excellent, fantastic, nuanced performances would be Mary J. Blige, Leslie Manville, and Laurie Metcalf. Uh, but honestly, the one that stands out as best supporting actress, Allison Janney. We will know soon enough. moving into actor (laughs) leading role uh we've got timothy chalamet uh for call me by your name daniel day lewis phantom thread daniel kaluuya for get out gary oldman darkest hour and denzel washington roman j uh israel esquire um all right so i respect gary oldman i'm uh, you know, uh, and I think in terms of physical acting, I'm, I think he did a great job. I am not very, I was not very pleased with the movie Roman J. Israel Esquire. I can appreciate the work and the talent that Denzel Washington put into it, but mm, not for me. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, I thought was absolutely fantastic. Um, and 
really deserves this nomination. Uh, I am definitely mad that the actor in a supporting role, we could have gone without Woody Harrelson, in my opinion, so that Army Hammer could have been in there. Um, I think he got robbed, personally. But at the end of the day, I really think this is going to be between Daniel Kaluuya and Daniel Day-Lewis. And here's the thing. I... It, you could flip a coin, and one day I would say Daniel Kaluuya, and one day I'd say Daniel Day-Lewis. The thing is, is that Daniel Day-Lewis um, is supposedly retired now. Um, and I got a feeling they're going to give it to him because of that. And so I don't know that that's necessarily the right reason to give it to him. But at the same time, I... I, I mean, Daniel Kaluuya was so fantastic, but was he strong enough? Was the role strong enough? And I'm just kind of torn. I'm so torn. Uh, because Daniel Day-Lewis did do a fantastic job. He, I mean, 99.9% of the time, he does a fantastic job. So, damn it. All right, fine. Uh, I want Daniel Kaluuya. I expect Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm sorry. <laughs> and if you ask me tomorrow, we could flip a coin and I might want it the, the other way around. So there, it's too close for me to call, but I have to make a call. So I will say I want Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out. I expect Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread. I think the best part of Get Out is Daniel Kaluuya. Absolutely. I, that is, to me, my favorite thing about Get Out is his performance. It was It was great. It was fantastic. But... I want <laughs> there to be a tie. <laughs> I, 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 I want there to be a tie between uh, Timothy Chalamet and Daniel Day-Lewis because people often put both Daniel Day-Lewis and Meryl Streep on the same bar. Um, and Meryl Streep's a fine actress, but the issue with, uh, but, 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 uh, I think Daniel Day-Lewis exceeds because or surpasses because he chooses better movies and he um, works when he um, or he uh, he uh, um, he never overstays his welcome, I should say, whereas Meryl Streep kind of like we always expect her to be nominated at least every couple years i mean she's good and everything but and i don't want to say that she's too good to you know for her own good it's just sometimes we expect great acting or good character work i should say for great acting where sometimes it needs to be something more and maybe something more real and more personable and Daniel Day-Lewis brings that to the table with Phantom Thread, as does Timothy Chalamet, where both performances are incredibly nuanced and incredibly touching and revealing. And granted, one of them is more... Um, not, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if heartfelt's the right thing to say, Uh but but it's definitely uh, resonates more with a lot of us. Uh, but the other one is just 
I mean, it's just a, a very complicated, wonderful character that I can't think of another movie where I've seen somebody portrayed as in such a way. Um, Timothy Chalamet being the more heartfelt, tender um, character that resonates with one of us, and Daniel Day-Lewis you know, portraying a character whom I don't think I've ever really seen before. Um, uh, but I, I, and that's why I want, I mean, I want both of them to tie. I, that's, I really want them to tie. Uh, so I cannot choose between the two of them, but I do think Gary Oldman's going to take it because it is a fantastic performance I don't, and I, it is look, a favorite amongst uh, everybody. Okay. I, 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 I get it. I just, I disagree. I disagree. I, I just don't think that it. Uh, I, I think you're, I, I think not you necessarily, but I think that there are a great number of people who are incorporating the strongest, the strongest performance in a decent movie with the strongest performance in a fucking amazing movie. Sure. No, I mean, I, and I that's agree. why I don't think Gary Oldman, I think it's literally like you're going to put Kanye West as the choir director of, of a fifth grade elementary school choir. Well, the choir might be halfway decent because they're fifth graders. They're not that special. But holy crap, is this dude amazing as a choir director? Does that make him the best choir director? No. <laughs> so, so it's. Kind of like that for me. I don't know. And, and and it's not to say that Gary Oldman did a bad job. And I don't mean to put him down or put his performance down. Because it was a good performance. I just don't think, given the level of talent and the performances and the other films listed, that he was the best. Uh, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's how I think about it. And that's how you think about it. But is that what other people are going to think about? And well, I, clear, clearly, as we're here and they're there, I guess that's what they're going to think about. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, again, like, call me by your name. The the final moments of that film. I mean, literally, final moments as the credits are rolling. Who could pull that off? No, I understand. You know? And again. So I, that's that's why I am so glad to have seen him there. But I really think that while he did, like, while Chalamet did just a fucking fantastic job in a movie that is really, really good with other amazing performances. Um, you know, and and I absolutely believe he deserves his nomination. I'm not sure it was necessarily on the whole better and and so that's why i can see where daniel kaluuya kaluuya would come across as kind of like in your way in your way of thinking like how i'm thinking of gary oldman kaluuya carries get out and he is the reason that the movie is as good as the movie is and you believe in that character and you believe his, his, his experience. So I get that. So it's almost as if my paraphrase and translation, Daniel Kaluuya is kind of like, it is to you as Gary Oldman is to me. I am surprised though that you're landing on Gary Oldman over Daniel Day Lewis. I thought for sure. Personally, I would rather have Daniel Day Lewis win, but this is a frustrating thing because <laughs> I, I work with people. And I'm around people, 
and I read a lot of what people write and a lot of people, believe it or not, don't think like how we think uh, in regards to how to fairly judge a performance. And um, I think a lot of people are just kind of jaded by a, a very good performance in a, you know, in a good movie when, when also what's playing a big part is the makeup in the costumes and we'll see right stay tuned sunday march 4th <laughs> will there be yeah. an upset will there not actress in a leading role sally hawkins the shape of water francis mcdormand three billboards outside ebbing missouri margot robbie i tanya cersei ronan ladybird and meryl streep for the post um personally i um i have a hard time choosing between margot robbie and i and uh cersei ronan mainly because i just uh, um not necessarily because i think i tanya is overall the better film but um but because i uh even though i guess i did score i tanya higher than ladybird but i just think that the all-around performance that Margot Robbie brought to it, she truly absorbed a character that still has um, not quite the presence that she used to, but still has a presence in the world today. And that presence, of course, is Tanya Harding. So um, it's kind of hard for me to pick between Cersei Ronan and Margot Robbie as to who I would like to see it get more. So... um uh, Um, so I, at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters though, because I expect that Sally Hawkins is going to get it for Shape of Water. So we'll just sum it up by saying, as long as Meryl Streep doesn't win, I'll be okay. (laughs) Uh, okay. I, I, you know what? It's all up to you, Matthew. It's all up to you. It is. It's all resting on me. Well, if it were all resting on me, I'd be wrestling between Margot Robbie and Cersei Ronan. Um, I look. Francis McDormand did a great job, and I loved Three Billboards. I just, um, I don't. I, I'm glad she was nominated. I think she deserves a nomination. I don't think she was the strongest performance overall. Uh, Meryl Streep, I believe, is just the gimme nomination, mm-hmm. uh, quite frankly. And I'm. I think it would have been nice to maybe see somebody else. Um, so I still maintain that at the end of the day, I think Sally Hawkins will win, but I guess who would I like to see? Margot Robbie. I'm going to just say, I'd like to see Margot okay. Robbie win. I, I mean, I'd like to see Margot Robbie or Saoirse Ronan win. Um, and I'll be happy. Don't get me wrong, guys. I will be happy if Saoirse Ronan wins. I'll be happy if Margot Robbie wins. I would prefer one of them win over Sally Hawkins. I just that's the way I think the winds are blowing. Sally Hawkins is going. To yeah, win. yeah, and but I think Frances McDormand is going to take it. I'm not going to say anything about Sally Hawkins because I've I've I feel like I'm going to be repeating myself again talking about Madi, so I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, then that goes. Uh, that that leaves us with directing and best picture. So directing, Chris. Uh, Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan, Get Out, Jordan Peele, Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig, Phantom Thread, Paul Thomas Anderson, and The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro. How about I would like 
Paul Thomas Anderson to win, I think there's a very real possibility Jordan Peele will get it. So are you going with uh, Jordan Peele? Yes. Greta Gerwig might might somehow pull it out. I I don't know. I I, ha- I am worried that this is a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. I am worried that if she does win, it will people will say it's because she's a woman, which I don't believe is right. But this is kind of in a way still where we are, sadly. And I believe, but I believe that Phantom Thread is the better movie, and so. Um, I, um, I, I think Phantom Thread on the whole is the better movie. I thoroughly enjoyed Get Out when I saw it. I want to say I gave it like a four point seven five or something like that last year, um, because it was just an absolutely such such an out there movie. So, but in terms of full cinematic movie making and everything, um, I think Phantom Thread truly is the better better one i don't know because i did score get out higher so it's kind of like i got well, get, i feel it's like it's an I entertaining it. movie so i think that jordan yeah so i'm just gonna go with that i think jordan peele is gonna get it and i won't be mad if he does um but i would like to see paul thomas anderson get it as well um quite frankly you know it won't hurt my heart if greta gerwig wins uh, so long as guillermo del toro win- doesn't win because i don't think that movie <laughs> is worth it i'm sorry yeah. i don't i don't think the movie's worth it for him on that and I don't think Dunkirk is strong enough for Nolan to get it for directing either. But um, I suppose if you just throw it to Nolan so that nobody else can argue about it, well, then I guess that solves one problem. So I'm going to say that I'd like to see Paul Thomas Anderson get it, but I see jo- um, I think Jordan Peele will get it. This has quickly become not fun because um, Dunkirk is a very, like... It's Christopher Nolan's movie. It's a visionary movie, you know. It's based on the director, you know. He is obviously the one in control of the direction of this film. Um, But Get Out, like, I could see Jordan Peele getting it, but I could also see Greta Gerwig getting it. And I could see if Get Out doesn't get this, I could see it get uh, best screenplay. Whereas if Get Out gets this, I could see Greta Gerwig receiving best screenplay. Granted, I think Paul Thomas Anderson is the better director out of and 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 directed the better film out of all these out of all these guys. And honestly, my two favorite flicks on this list are Lady Bird and Phantom Thread. In fact, if either of those win, I would be so happy. Um, but I think it's going to be Guillermo del Toro. Uh, the Shape of Water is incredibly popular. Everybody, well. I guess everybody who matters loves that movie. <laughs> and so nice. I think that The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro, will take Best Director. Well, all right then. Fine and dandy. Okay, so then that leaves us with Best Picture, folks. All right, we've got uh, a pretty big field here. Call Me By Your Name. Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I don't know. I guess of all these movies here, let's see here, because I'm trying to. All right. Fuck. This is too hard. <laughs> It really is. There's too many good ones. I mean, between Call Me By Your Name, Phantom Thread, 
Get Out, Lady Bird, and Dunkirk, just in those five. Forget what you think about Darkest Hour. I mean, you know, yeah. just in those five, that's just too hard to pick. Well, I think The Shape of Water is going to take it, but I want Phantom Thread to win. <sighs> I really don't want Shape of Water. So <laughs> I'm going to say the same. I'm going, you know what? I, just to be different and weird, just to be different and weird, I would like to see Call Me By Your Name get it. Mm-hmm. Just, Just to be different, just to be different. But I think Get Out will take it. Okay. Especially especially if Peel does not get director. I think Get Out will take it. Okay. If you're right and Guillermo del Toro gets best director, I don't see him getting I don't see Shape of Water getting best picture. If Peel gets if Peel gets director, I could see where they would go Shape of Water. But if Peel does not get director, I, I would almost give you dollars of donuts on get out winning best picture i'd be i mean if del toro gets best director i would love to see phantom thread win best picture i don't know man but i'm gonna stick to my guns and say i want phantom thread to win but i think shape of water is gonna take best picture yeah so i think yeah just to be fun i i want call me by your name and i am going to say that get out will take it all right that's it. It's in the books. It's going It's going down in there history. Go. Our picks are going down in history. <laughs> Without further ado, that brings us to the spiel, does it not? Spiel on. I don't know what to say or think, except... That you're all for a sex as a reward? Um, that I'd like to know who they and you are. Oh, I'm Jay, and this is my head of a life mate, Silent Bob. I don't know who those kids were, but they would have kicked yours and Lunchbox's asses if I hadn't represented. Well, thanks for being out here so late. Wait a minute. Are you protesters? You mean those dickheads with the signs of pictures of dead babies? Shit, no. Me and Silent Bob are pro-choice. Women's bodies are own fucking business. But what are you doing hanging around? Well, we're here to pick up chicks. Excuse me? We figure abortion clinics are a good place to meet loose women. Why else would they be here in this like the fuck? Music you've been listening to, as always, has been brought to us by our music partners, Cries of Solace. You can check them out at ReverbNation.com and Facebook.com, both slash Cries of Solace. As for us, we are, of course, the SLS cast. And this week's episode has been brought to you by Markitech Media. Check out Markitech on Twitch, Saturday through Thursday, 9 to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time at twitch.tv slash Markitech. And, of course, if you'd like to reach out directly to us at the SLS cast, send us an email to the show at SLScast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the SLS cast. You can follow me. This is Matt on Twitter at nitwit12345. You can, of course, come aboard that information superhighway and track down Tim on Twitter if that's your heart's desire. Don't forget you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and or favorite us on Stitcher Radio as well as track us down on the old SoundCloud. So until next week, this is Matt saying thanks to Angelina Jolie. I get to say this. I've been reckless, but I'm not a rebel without a cause. Take care, cinephiles, and we'll talk at you again next week. Perhaps we should be going. Oh, well, monsieur. Thank you so much. So nice to see you. And I hope very much we will see you again very soon. Au revoir, monsieur.
Jake, it's Chinatown. Thanks again for listening to the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. You can find us over at slscast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can send us an email to the show at slscast.com. And of course, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and or favorite us on Stitcher Radio. Thanks again for listening. 